Hey, future medics. I'm Anne. And I'm Joshvi. And today we are going to be talking about atomic habits. Um, this is kind of a continuation of our last episode because we briefly touched on it, but now we're going to go a little bit more in depth about this concept that we think is really cool. Before we start, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on all platforms, which are Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Apple Music. And also make sure you subscribe to our Instagram because that's where we're going to be able to interact with you guys and we're going to post updates. We're kind of excited for like our next phases of um, the podcast because we're going to in- be interviewing a lot more medical professionals like we already have a few lined up and so on our Instagram we're probably going to be putting out like stories where you ask uh, you ask us to ask them certain questions so make sure you follow our Instagram so you can look out for that with that all out of the way I'm going to give it over to Anne so that she can like start talking about it Okay, so as Joshua said in our previous podcast, we were touching on um, mental health and New Year's resolutions and kind of touching on goals. So during our discussion, I brought up atomic habits, which I thought was a really efficient way to achieve goals. So looking at a few things, like you might be asking yourself a lot, especially with New Year's resolutions, why am I constantly failing to achieve my goals no matter how determined or how motivated I am? Why am I always reverting back to these old habits? Like, you know, like we said, first month of January, so pumped up. After that, it's everything's back to normal. Why can't I be consistent like I see other people doing? Like, you know, on YouTube, you see these people working towards goals and you see them succeeding. And that's what makes you think you can do that too. But why isn't that happening to you? Well, it's likely that those people know something that you don't. A concept called Atomic Habits. So this is a book made by James Clear, and it basically discusses a more realistic and efficient way to improve in life and achieve your goals. And this is through an understanding of human behavior and psychology rather than just the plain old, oh, be motivated, you know? So this not only discusses building good habits, but also breaking bad ones. And I guarantee every person who succeeded in a goal has used this um, book in some aspect, whether they've read it or not, because this truly contains all the secrets to achieving your goal so the basic like concept of this book is kind of like atoms are the building blocks of molecules in the same way that atomic habits are the building blocks of remarkable results so just like a concept this is basically a repeat of the overview that i was giving in the previous podcast if you've already watched that but i'm just going to repeat it for introduction purposes so if you start a plane off of just a few degrees off course um on the east coast and you're going to los angeles as your target but you start a few degrees off you're going to end up in some crazy like downtown state it's not going to be anywhere near los angeles and although that was just a few degrees of change how much did that change your final destination it's the same concept with our habits and this book suggests that one percent increase every day leads to you being 37.78 times better by the end of the year while a one percent decrease just leads you straight back to zero so again the concept is that big accomplishments aren't actually made by big changes but by these small daily atomic habits in the beginning of the book the author kind of touches on our expectation versus reality of goals so we kind of see goals as this linear growth where we're putting in the effort we're seeing the results and it just continues like that but what we actually are going through when we are achieving our goals is exponential growth. And if you don't know what an exponential curve looks like, it's basically it starts off pretty small in terms of you're you're putting in the effort, but you're not seeing much results. And then 
after that, there's just a surge. You just go straight up from there. And this place where you're kind of just not seeing that many results is called the valley of disappointment. And when people go through this stage where they're putting in a lot of effort, but they're not getting the results, they are in this valley and they see that as a reason to give up on their goals. They they think that this is not normal. Why am I not experiencing a linear curve? But you need to understand this is how goals work. So the author states that you should be setting systems instead of goals as his kind of overview leading into his specific suggestions. So why systems instead of goals? So goals is kind of the final outcome while systems is the building steps to that goal. So the problem with goals is it's only a momentary change and there's kind of no in between. It's either you win it or you lose it. And we were touching on this in our last um, podcast. It's not a good idea to just have these two extreme ends or just really unrealistic expectations for yourself because most likely you're not just going to win or lose you're going to be making some progress but it's not going to be either of those but if you're going to consider that as lose because you haven't won it right so that's not a good mindset to have with goals because it's going to demotivate you so much again with the kind of momentary change after you achieve your goal what's next for example if you wanted to lose weight what happens after you lose that weight you put in the effort maybe you were being healthier or you were exercising and now that you've lost the weight and you're your desired goal, are you going to stop? It's Is everything going to go back because you've reached your goal? So now there's nothing for you to do because you don't have a system. You just wanted to achieve that goal. So that's why you should be focusing on those systems instead of goals. There are three main steps in goals, which is identity, process, and outcomes, which is the system. So the author, James, says that we shouldn't be focusing on the outcome, but instead we should be focusing on who we want to become, which is our identity. So for example, our goal isn't to lose weight, it's to become someone who loves fitness or a healthy eater, whatever your means of achieving that was. Or for example, your goal isn't to be good at an instrument or play an instrument well, it's to become a musician. Once you make that a part of you, you feel more inclined to do it because you want to live up to that expectation of yourself. To achieve your goals, you need to understand what a habit loop is. And this is kind of a foundation for the rest of the book. So this is doing a task so often that it just becomes automatic, like a habit, right? And because you want to achieve your goals with the least amount of effort, you want to have it become automatic. So we were talking about this last time, but basically our breathing is so subconscious but that we don't even think about it because it's just so automatic, right? And we don't have to put in effort. Like, even though it's an essential function of us to live, we don't think about it because we've trained ourselves to do it so much that we can just do it subconsciously. And that's how we want our goals to end up. Probably not like, it's not going to be like breathing, but it's going to be like pretty similar, right? And this habit loop that I was talking about, it's created um, in four steps. So there's cue, craving, response, and reward. So let me give you an example. Um, cue, you're stressed out when you're studying. Craving, you want to be less stressed. So what's your response? You're going to maybe like scroll on TikTok or whatever you do to release your stress. That's probably not a healthy way to do it, right? Reward. You get that distraction and you feel less stress now. So through this loop, cue and reward, which are the first and the last step, actually get linked. So now whenever you're stressed, you're going to want a distraction from TikTok because you're constantly associating those in this habit loop. So then from there, it just gets worse because 
okay, you, you're on your phone now, you're on TikTok, TikTok can serve as a cue for you to check your text or check Snapchat, it just goes on. And before you know it, you've wasted hours on your phone instead of studying. When you use TikTok, mm-hmm. it's kind of like you get immediate pleasure, but in the long term, it's not like, it's not what you actually want exactly and i remember so my teacher my english teacher is like very anti-tiktok and he was like um so he's like if you really because some people kind of think that tiktok is like it it seems in the moment that it's giving you like good information because there are some like good videos and stuff like that but then he's like okay look back yesterday what did you watch on tiktok nobody could think of a single thing (laughs) you know it's not useful to us at all unless we like intentionally use it like that yeah so yeah that's a good point yeah so um we don't want to be on tiktok anymore right so like we don't want this loop to continue we need to use instead of making this habit loop bring us to a disadvantage where we're getting addicted to things and we can't focus we want to use this habit loop to our advantage so how do we do that and this is exactly what the book dives into it goes over four laws that can help you break this habit loop of bad things and instead use it for good So the first law is to make it obvious, which means to make your goal obvious. So to start, you actually need to just acknowledge your pre-existing habits in your daily life. So you can do this by making a scorecard of every habit that you do throughout the day. It's like really simple, right? Like wake up, brush your teeth, brush your hair, get dressed, go to school, do your homework, go to sleep, you know, things like that. Those are all considered habits. Then, under each of these habits that you've written down, note whether these habits are positive, negative, or neutral in terms of, is it a good habit, a bad habit? It's like, like waking up, like, okay, that's just, you know? (laughs) So, by doing this, you make your unconscious habits conscious or obvious. And this is important because, I mean, um, we there was this really good quote in the book and it was basically like when we when we don't know these parts of ourselves we just call it fate that things happen but then when we know what's going on we understand that there are mechanisms to change it and it's not just like oh we're just doing this because we don't have motivation oh we can't just achieve our goals because that's just we're not just like motivated like that that's not true there's like certain things that go on that you need to figure out within yourself first before you can start breaking these habits um additionally vagueness is also a big issue in goals and we literally talked about this for so long on our last podcast is one of our biggest points um and studies have actually shown that failure to achieve goals isn't actually due to a lack of motivation most of the time but a lack of clarity so again i gave many examples in the last podcast but just for another one you can't just say i want to meditate if you want to achieve your goal you need to put in specific times locations and behaviors for example Um, the kind of template for this is I will behavior at this time in this location. So for meditation, I'll use my meditation app to meditate behavior at 4.30 p.m. time on my deck location. So this makes your goal obvious and comprehensible to yourself because sometimes when you're just stating very loose things, you don't even understand what you want to do to achieve that goal, right? Um, And another good thing, Literally everything's just relating back to our podcast, <laughs> guys. Like at this point, just go on to the last podcast. But um, the next point is habit stacking, which Jaya touched on, and she was going on about her AP Psych craze. Um, guys, I actually won't be mentioning AP Psych every three seconds. So, so Did much. You say fun. you will be or you won't be. 
I won't be because I haven't even taken AP Psych. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I'm taking it next year. I'm so excited. Really? I'm taking it. I'm just trying to self-study it, but I don't know if I have the self-efficacy for it. No, I wanted to do that, and then and then after I was thinking about it, I was like, who do I think I am? Like, I oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'll do. It. Hey, I mentioned self-efficacy, and you didn't catch on to it. Oh, no. Guys, Joshua Joshua doesn't time. even know her script. Like, cancel. Cancel her off medics off the mic. <laughs> anyway, okay, so habit stacking, as Jay talks about in the last podcast, is where you're associating a current habit with your desired habit or goal. So this current habit needs to actually be something you do every day, like brushing your teeth, waking up, whatever. I would, like, look to your previous scorecard to try to find, like, some good habit that you can base this off of. So basically, you want to turn this current habit into like a trigger cue to complete your desired habit. So um, after you trig- your trigger of brushing your teeth, that will cue you to meditate. And then you begin to associate those. So now it's easier to start that meditation because you're already doing it right after something that you're just trained to do. You don't have to think about, right? Mm-hmm. And the other um, point that the author makes that I think is really interesting is to rely on your environment rather than motivation to achieve a goal. Throughout this, just notice how he's completely dissing motivation. Like, guys, if you haven't understood by now, like, motivation is not a good way to achieve your goal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, um, so he talks about environment. And so you can put this in a few ways. For example, if you want to drink more water, place more water bottles around your area. And the same thing applies to limiting bad habits. Um, so if you don't want to eat junk food, then remove junk food from your environment. Environment is way more efficient than trying to self-control um, yourself from not doing these bad habits. Like if you have chips right in front of you and you think the most efficient way is just to self-control instead of just putting it away, like that's kind of dumb, you know? I remember I was talking to my, well, my mom was talking to my pediatrician like from a while ago mm-hmm. and she was, and he was talking about how, um how he made sure that his family and everyone like reduced the amount of junk food they ate and more like and ate more like fruits and vegetables because he would like just stop buying like chips and like food and stuff like that and that like like significantly helped them because obviously like you're not gonna go run off to the store buy (laughs) chips just for like like, yeah and especially if you're like a kid like i mean like we're like seven we can't really drive on our own and so like i mean even if we could i don't think i'd like go out of my way to like just buy food because like how long would it take like 10 minutes to go all the way to harris jeter buy chips and come back <laughs> yeah like, no and i feel like um when when i heard this before like two years ago i was like okay like this is so obvious like thanks for telling us nothing like obviously you need to eliminate it but yeah. i don't think anybody actually realizes how impactful it is because like nobody like i feel like most people don't actually eliminate it from their site they kind of just keep it there um because i know i used to have a lot of junk food in my house in middle school so i would just like if it's there i'm gonna eat it bro like i literally love food so much but then when i um this wasn't actually purposely i wasn't i didn't read this book and was like wow guys i'm gonna like stop eating junk food from now i'm gonna stop buying it it just (laughs) because i was too busy with my studies and i couldn't go out shopping with my dad anymore so i couldn't like literally like yeah i couldn't like get half the cookie counter off target and (laughs) buy everything so I mean, even if there are moments where I'm just like opening my fridge and closing it and opening it again, hoping that like 
junk food just appears and I have food to eat. I like at the end of the day, like I get over it. And then after a few weeks, I, I actually noticed I was like, hold on, I'm like not even eating junk food. and I'm not even thinking about it anymore because I'm just like, it's not even in my house. So I don't have an instinct to think about it. Yeah. And because of that, I never like try to buy junk food anymore. And I think it's like, it's so good because it's never, it's not that my eating habits change. It's just that it's not there for me. It's to not eat. there. Yeah. Yeah. Also, that's the same with me and like Diet Coke. Cause, mm. um, I used to, like, I drink a, like, if it's there, I'll literally drink like <laughs> 10 Diet Cokes in a day. And, but like, my dad's not buying it. So now, like, I don't drink it as much. What the heck? That's so random. I actually hate soda. What the? I, no, I love Diet Coke. Yeah. Not even like, not even normal Coke, just Diet Coke. Like, <laughs> okay first of all i can't even tell the differences between all sodas like let me be so free the only thing i can differentiate is like sprite from everything everything else <laughs> is the same <laughs> no but i feel like i feel like coke and um and pepsi taste like the exact same yeah that's what i'm saying like there's such a big debate like babes you're literally the same thing <laughs> they are the same. so really <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, okay, yeah. So as I was talking about, environment is more important than trying to have motivation or self-control or whatever it is. Just relying on a very unstable emotion to try to withhold yourself back or get yourself to do something. Um, also, I feel like an important thing is you need to view your environment as like a relationship. As in like you have a relationship with your environment. Don't just think of it as like a background. Like you're not the main character. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the best example I have of this in my life, um, and it's something I realized recently, actually, after watching a TikTok, TikTok, oh my god, guys, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, we're just talking about not using TikTok, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was watching a TikTok, and it was basically saying that maybe the reason you can't get your work done in certain places is because you're associating it with so many other things, and I was like, this was such a light bulb moment for me, because I sit on my couch to literally do everything. Okay, I used to do this on my bed, which was equally as inefficient because I sleep on this bed. So obviously I'm going to get tired doing work. I kind of realized that I'm not that stupid. But then I would sit on my couch and um, and even on my bed, I didn't think of it as like, oh, I have, I do the habit of sleeping. So I'm going to be tired. I just thought, oh, my bed's really comfy. So I just get sleepy. Yeah. So on my couch, I literally eat, I go on TikTok, I FaceTime people, I play games, I do everything on that couch. So obviously when I'm like also trying to simultaneously study on that couch and my phone's right there and there's food, like I'm going to have so many, I'm going to be susceptible to so many distractions because in that environment, I'm used to doing that habit. So um, when I started going to Barnes and Nobles to study, um, I think I started like a few months ago and I think I also talked about this in my last podcast, guys. <laughs> But yeah, when I started going to Barnes and Nobles to study, I noticed such a big shift. Like I could, because I only associate that place with doing work, I never felt inclined to go on my phone. Even if I was stressed, you know, the cue response reward, I wouldn't, my re reward wouldn't be to go on TikTok because I don't have that habit in that place. Everybody else is working. I'm working. I just like, I don't feel any pressure or any distraction because I've just created Barnes and Nobles as a space for me to solely study. And that's kind of what this author encourages us to do. Um, he suggests to use a one space, one use rule where you designate each area to a specific goal. So you're not inclined to do other things. 
So that's kind of the gist of the first law and the different ways to make it obvious to yourself through environment, habit stacking, making your goals specific, writing down your goals, all those sorts of things. So the second law is to make it attractive. And to understand the basis of this, you need to understand the dopamine. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what this is. It's like a neurotransmitter that's like happiness, pleasure, right? Yeah. And specifically, it's also very related to motivation because you're motivated to do things when you are getting happiness and pleasure, whatever from it, right? Um, And this neurotransmitter dopamine is actually studies have found that it's actually released more so when you're craving pleasure and not actually receiving that pleasure so a few examples of this what um gamblers actually feel more uh dopamine release when they place a bet not when they win it or like i'm pretty sure this is relatable for everybody like Whenever you're planning a trip, you're way more excited about the trip than when you actually go on the trip. Like, oh my god! And then also, like, before you go on like roller coaster, you're like, yeah, more dopamine like waiting in long. On the ride, all I'm thinking about is screaming my head off. Like, (laughs) me too. I don't even have emotions anymore. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just kind of things like that where you can see that it's the craving that is associated with dopamine release and not actually getting that. So, for example, like. All these habits that you have, eating junk food, going on social media, watching TV, they're so addicting because they're associated with dopamine. And that association is what promotes strong habits. So dopamine is very correlated to how you will act or what habits you'll develop. So you want to use this to your advantage. So keeping in mind that dopamine has such a big correlation to habits and also keeping in mind that dopamine is related to the craving rather than actually receiving it, how can you use this to your advantage? So this author suggests that you should use a process called temptation bundling. So this is where, this is kind of similar to habit stacking to me, but instead you're pairing an action that you naturally crave or want to do, such as, you know, the habits I talked about like watching TV or something like that. And then you're going to um, pair that with the goal you need to do simultaneously. So for example, um, you you can bundle watching TV, something you crave with a workout, something you need to do. So you're kind of doing these two things simultaneously. And now your brain thinks that it's also craving the workout because it's releasing dopamine before you did it. So now you've created a link between dopamine and your Um, necessary goal of working out and when you create that link again it makes it attractive to you and it enforces that habit instead of you're not seeing it as like a chore anymore because it's releasing that dopamine how could you do like the temptation stacking with uh with like studying because i know you probably can't like watch Mm. while studying or else it's not going to be as effective that's a good i mean um let me think about this Oh, actually, you know what I do? Oh, I actually do this. It's not watching TV, but it's watching a movie that I've already watched and I really like. So, oh, um, so yeah. You don't have to, like, focus as much. Yeah, because I already know everything. But also, just the action of, like, watching a movie I really love just gives me, like, a sense of happiness. Yeah. Um, and it can't be, don't do a movie that's, like, you watch it so many times that you're bored to death and you don't really care. It's kind of one that you're kind of excited to watch again, but you're not going to really pay attention to it. Yeah. I've actually done this before now that you mention it. That's so oh weird. Yeah, but I'd, like, have my phone on, like, my leg like this and just do math homework on the side. And I wouldn't even <laughs> pay attention to the movie, but I just had so much happiness while doing it. Because I was like, oh, my God, I'm just, like, watching a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Um, and there are definitely other ways. I don't think that was like the best example because there are like distractions. Actually, there. Yeah, are- wait, now that I'm thinking about it, I think when I'm studying, I like to like take notes like mm-hmm. by hand because it just helps me remember more. But then mm-hmm. I'll like use different colors and make it all pretty. Oh yeah, that's cute. That's a good. That's a healthy habit because I feel like there are limitations with these habits. Like watching TV, movie, they can also be like distracting to some extent. And this um, concept is actually built on something called premax principle, which is more probable behaviors will reinforce less probable behaviors. So again, more probable behaviors as in the ones you want to do, the ones you're craving will help reinforce the ones that you need to do that you're not doing as much right now. And you can also use group influence to your advantage. And this is basically where you surround yourself with people where your goal is the norm. And I think this thinking about this now it actually relates back to my Barnes and Nobles example because, okay, one aspect, I am I have the one environment, one use type concept. And then another aspect of it is everybody around me is so like studious, everyone's working. And it's like, okay, now if I'm like scrolling on TikTok, I'm going to look so goofy. So obviously I'm not going to do that. And I want to be studious and they like inspire me to do that. So um, for example, if you want to lose weight, surround yourself with fit people. So this book states that um, this is efficient because we're always thinking of how others perceive us. So this is going to build like some indirect peer pressure on yourself to achieve this goal. But I think like this mindset is not for the weak because you're basically like, this is like gaslighting yourself into doing the goal because you're scared that other people are going to judge you. Like, I don't like thinking of it that way. I like thinking of it in my example sense. I mean, if you want to do this, like, go ahead, like whatever works, you know. But um, I think a healthier way to do this is more to, like, see people as inspiration. Or how I, like, wrote it was, um, like, you know how you, like, hold dog treats above a dog's head to get them to, like, jump? Yeah. I would kind of see those people as motivations in that sense where they kind of just inspire you to, like, leap up and, like, go to their level. Yeah. Oh, my God. And going back to that, I remember um, last year, AP History, like, my friends in that class they kind of didn't really like pay attention right and they're like you know what I'll learn it when we're st- when I'm studying for the test mm-hmm. and so then I kind of like got that habit too but then this year I have friends in the class that are like that like take notes like good notes and stuff like that so then now like I actually like pay attention in history and everything and it's like so much easier when I'm studying for tests no yeah that's so good I agree I feel like the people around you like in influence you so much more than you think and that's like a whole topic in itself because it's like I feel like I can associate every friend group with certain habits like I've just changed so much with every friend group based on they prioritize so yeah it's like it's like I have like multiple different like personalities (laughs) no same (laughs) yeah and then um final point under make it attractive so James Clear stated I think this is a really good quote that your habits are actually modern day solutions to ancient desires. So what this means is at the end of the day, no matter what your goals are, or your habits are, they're all a result of these same desires that everyone has. We all have these similar core desires, like a few examples, like maybe finding love, um, feeling like you have a sense of belonging, meeting your basic needs, being safe, having a sto- social status, like all those things. And using these core desires, you can make your goal seem more desirable to yourself because these are your desires, right? So you want to attach them or link them with your um, goals. 
So, for example, like th this can be a way to actually like reprogram your brain to love these difficult habits. So, for an example, you can view fitness as a means of being safe with your health that fits in with your core desires. Or you can view studying as a leeway for like easy social status. But I think that's actually like really toxic. So never mind. <laughs> study because you love studying. <laughs> <laughs> Or just like overall associating each goal with a positive experience, it's going to seem more attractive to you. So basically like romanticize your goals, you know, like, oh, yeah, those are kind of the main ways that you can make your goals attractive. So you want to do them more. Just as a summary, you use dopamine to your advantage through temptation bundling, use group influence, and then also connecting your goals to your core desires. So the third law is to make it easy. Um, we kind of touched on this before, but repetition enforces the habit to become an automatic process. So long before there was also always, I mean, long before there was this fancy like neuroscience stuff about, oh, this levels lead to this levels and that's why you should do this. And basically like what we're talking about now, this is all the advanced neuro stuff. People knew that repetition was just a powerful tool for establishing habits. Like that was kind of the foundation for all this, right? Um, and each time you repeat a habit, you activate neural circuits in your head. So you should prioritize repeating your goal over spending a lot of time on one particular day on your goal. And this is such a common misconception. I, I feel like a lot of people have because they feel like, oh, if I like study for like six hours one day and then do like zero for the next three, it's fine because I still worked hard one day. Yeah, I mean, maybe it did like get you to finish everything, but at the end of the day, it's not going to give you continuity and it's not going to help you develop a good work ethic, which is what you actually need. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think I've struggled with this last year so much. I'd kind of just save everything for last minute and wonder why I had literally no work ethic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then also, um, you should consider the law of least effort, which is just like directly relates to making it easy. The more energy required, the less likely it is to happen. So you want to frame this law in terms of your habits. So uh, under this law, you can conclude that habits that require less energy are going to be more likely to happen, right? So you kind of want to reduce the friction of your goal so that you're more likely to do it because it's so easy. For example, if you want to get into fitness, make the gym easily accessible to you, not like 20 minutes away. So go to a gym that's convenient with your other tasks. So maybe like a gym that's on your way to work or even better like you can make a mini gym at your house if you're like really rich I guess <laughs> or you can just like work out at home anything that makes it more convenient for you so now you can't like make excuses to yourself or say oh it's too much work I can't do it so again by reducing this friction of your desired habits you make it easy for yourself so under the same logic you want to increase friction of your bad habits to make them undesirable or hard and Josh was going to touch on this in a bit. So the third kind of thing that Law 3 talks about is priming your environment for use. So what you want to do is you want to make your environment, so whatever is around you, ready, to, ready for use so you can reduce the friction to complete the actual task. Um, so for example, if you want to start eating healthier breakfast, what you can do is you can put out a pan on the stove and then put out um, cooking spray right next to it and then lay out all the ingredients that you need the night before so kind of like meal prepping except like laying it all out so that when you come down you see everything there and you don't have to make the extra effort of going inside your fridge getting all the ingredients and getting the pan because it's already there for you mm -hmm. 
this makes it easier to complete any task because like everything is obviously laid out for you and all you have to do is actually put that plan into motion. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is the two minute rule and what this rule does it it helps you stop procrastinating because it gives you an easy two minute task that you can start off with when accomplishing accomplishing your goal. So um, this allows you to establish smaller habits. And we already like talked about this in the previous episode. But what this does is this allows you to establish small habits that eventually lead to um, success in the bigger ones. So obviously, like, like we mentioned in the previous episode, it's kind of like creating smaller steps before you actually like get to your big goal because obviously like you can't if your goal is to run a marathon you can't just like get up one day and run a whole like how many miles is it like 26 miles <laughs> i don't know <laughs> a marathon you run personally i would never run a 26 mile marathon that's me neither oh my god that's too much like i don't even understand how people do it yeah <laughs> and these small habits can be done by just creating small two-minute actions that correspond to your desired habit so for example if you want to maybe read more books you can start off by reading five pages every day and gradually increase the amount of pages you read and so um as you like and what this does is this allows you to like anchor like your habit in place then build the difficult then build difficulty and this like obviously makes it easier for you because you're not starting off reading a whole book in a day. Yeah. And the last thing that is part of this law is breaking a bad habit by making it more difficult. And so this part of the habit basically just tells us how we can use this law to like eliminate a bad habit. And so what you would do is you make instead of creating instead of decreasing the amount of friction between you and the habit you want this time you would make barriers of friction between you and your bad habit to ensure that you don't fall back into that habit so you would basically just make this habit as impractical as possible so maybe if you want to use your phone less put your phone all the way like downstairs while you're working upstairs or if you um, watch too much tv you can unplug it and hide the remote so that if you wanted to watch tv you'd instead of just like laying on the couch and taking the room remote and pressing the button you would have to walk over to the tv plug it in find the remote and then sit down on the couch and relax and this just makes it harder for you to do the bad habit making it like making it less likely to happen because obviously like like honestly like I'm the same way but whenever something's like hard for me I like if I have to like get up off of my bed I'm not gonna do it no, literally same if my phone was downstairs I'd be like yeah bye I'm just I know work. oh my god one time I was like I came back from school and I think I left my phone downstairs I came back up and I started doing all my work and I didn't even notice but I didn't even touch my phone like I didn't even notice my phone was gone because yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like out in front of me yeah I feel like that's such a like nobody ever talks about that as much like how to eliminate bad habits by making it hard I feel like it kind of goes back to like we're just like oh yeah let's just have self-control like there yeah. are other ways to do these things <laughs> yeah yeah and um okay so that was done with the third law and the third law obviously again it was all about making your habit easy so that you are more likely to end up doing it and it also touches on making your bad habit harder so that you are less likely to do it. 
And so the fourth law that James Clear talks about in his book is all about making your habits stick. So um, the first three habits were kind of about how you can, what you can do to start your habit. But this law is going to be about making your habits stick so that you continue to do this instead of just like making it a one time thing like we kind of mentioned in the last episode. <laughs> hey guys, uh, comment on how many times we said last episode. <laughs> we always have like a keyword. Last time it was AP Psych, this time it's like, like the last episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So many times people will do a habit for a week and then lose motivation to continue. Kind of like um kind of like that like whole New Year's thing and how by the middle of New Year's we're kind of not really wanting to do it anymore. And so this law that I'm gonna go over will help ensure that you don't do that and you are consistently implementing your habit. And so law four is all about making your habit satisfying to do. So this is objectively like the most important rule because if the habit doesn't stick, then there's no point in even going through with the efforts of law ones, laws one to three to make you do the habit in present day. So um, this law says that when you experience pleasure, your brain feels like it's it is worth remembering and repeating. So what we're what like I'm kind of going to go over is how you can make this habit pleasurable so that you feel that it's worth repeating and that you want to repeat it so this is kind of um this is kind of like tricky because what is immediately punished people tend to avoid and what is immediately rewarded people tend to repeat and so but the problem is that um that bad habits kind of like we were talking about a lot of bad habits are immediately satisfying and so that's why people tend to like repeat them but a lot of good habits are like not really rewarding in the long run or in the short term but it's like rewarding in the long term so um because of that it kind of makes this hard law like a little hard to implement but what you would do is like kind of like rule two, you can add pain during the short-term parts of bad habits, like reminding yourself that you're wasting your time when you're like scrolling through TikTok. Just keep reminding yourself about that. And that'll add like pain while you're trying to experience pleasure. But um, for good habits, you can add something pleasing to the short-term actions to make it more pleasurable, like maybe um, listening to a podcast while you're doing your work. Medics on the mic, your favorite yeah. podcast. Guys, like now it. next time when you're doing your work, like <laughs> pull up, uh, yeah, we actually <laughs> help you get your habits done. So, <laughs> so you should be re- rewarding yourself and feeling successful because success shows that your habits have paid off and was worth it. And you can do this by maybe like monitoring success with a visual effort. Um, so what this does is you can visually see how successful you are and this helps you um this helps motivate you to continue doing your goal and so one way you can do this is having a checklist and every time you accomplish a task check it off and this is something i personally do and it oh my god it feels so good every time i check off a task i know the same like i feel like there's such if you don't have an agenda in your life during school like you absolutely need to have like some form of just like writing all your tasks down and crossing it out because it's just so rewarding not only to like cross it out but also like (laughs) i can see all the progress that you've made like i know oh my god um and then another way you can do this if maybe you don't really like the whole checklist thing is um you can take a jar 
and call this like the incomplete task task jar. And you can take another jar and call this the complete task jar and fill up the incomplete task jar with marbles. And every time you complete a task, move uh um move one of the marbles from the incomplete task jar to the complete task jar. And like so that like while you're working, you can like visually see, oh my god, look at how many marbles are in my complete task jar. No, I think that one's cool too. That's like yeah. a unique one. I feel like people like I feel like if I heard this when I was little, I used to, I would have thought like, oh, this is this sounds really dumb. But it's so yeah. it's so interesting. Like humans are literally, we like just get happy from the most <laughs> random things. Like I know always the little things that work on us. So <laughs> no, but it's like I feel like the marble one is kind of like the checklist, but like cooler. Yeah, it's more like visual and it's like you're doing you're doing more of a task and you're seeing okay, if I saw a bunch of marbles in my incomplete task, I would get so stressed out. It's like more than seeing like an unchecked list for me personally. <laughs> and then another thing that you have to do is like create a chain of continuity and you can't break it. So sometimes like obviously like life gets in the way and you just don't have enough time to complete your entire goal. And, but even when you don't have time, just try not to break this chain of continuity because just like only just like two or three bad days in a row can create the start of a bad habit and you being like, oh my God, yeah, it's fine. I'll just push it off to tomorrow. And then that's just going to keep on going and going. And then you're going to create a bad habit of not completing your habit. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you can't do the entire goal at once, just do a small part of it. So this is kind of like that little like two minute rule, except um, you can also implement this here. Like if you don't have time, just do that little two minute rule that you started off with and just implement it that way. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. And then um, so, for example, if you like take working out as your habit, if you normally do 50 pushups in the, in the day, just try to do 10 if you can't do all 50 because obviously like, 50 takes a while. Mm -hmm. hey i can't even like do 10 so. <laughs> me neither i can't even you do one spend like a century trying to finish <laughs> <laughs> no you know that you know the, like pacer test we would have to do oh. i know no you don't even understand like i wouldn't i can't i literally can't do a push-up for my life and i would get i would get like a two on the test because that's like you get no, two mistakes i got two two <laughs> grade, i literally got two it was so embarrassing no you're done i was like baby just started i know oh my god <laughs> i'm good at curl ups though at least yeah me too i was good and you know like the the thing where you have to do the stretching like you have to put one oh i was so good at that i was like, why is that even like a test like that's I so know. isn't that just like based on your arm length like <laughs> <laughs> i know oh my god because if you have like shorter arms oh my yeah. god and you're short okay what the heck <laughs> that that pacer measure is actually very um insensitive to people with short arms so canceled canceled we're not having that anymore <laughs> no but whenever i used to do that i used to get such an ego boost oh my god because like some people couldn't do it i was like oh. i was like girl this isn't that hard <laughs> so another thing that you're gonna want to do is make your bad habits unsatisfying so that you're less likely to fall back into those habits so one way to do this is like we touched before on our previous episode again again 
<laughs> is to be held accountable by a partner. So tell them to make you do something if you like end up do doing this bad habit. So one thing that this video said, which I think is pretty cool, but every time you fall back into this habit, you would have to lose ten dollars to whoever's like checking you. Oh dang, that is. I a know. Lot. I'd probably be like broke by the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> It, this works because of two reasons the first reason it works is because you when people are looking at you and they're like they're like asking you about your progress you're more likely to do it because you don't want to like embarrass yourself in front of them but um so that's one thing <laughs> <laughs> and then the second thing is that um people are more influenced by concrete and immediate co consequences so that like if like immediately after you start your bad habit someone asks you someone asks you to give them ten dollars you're because it's like more immediate you're more influenced by it it's kind of like it's kind of like what i mentioned before like whatever's immediately punished you don't you kind of want to avoid it yeah okay so those are all four laws but now that we've gone through all the laws um i thought it would be helpful for you guys if we like went through an example of how to implement these laws in real life um, so let's take the good habit of working out more often as our habit that we're trying to develop. So to implement law one, we need to make our cues more obvious in our environment. And one way to do this is, um, is like the implementation strategy and kind of like specifying the time and the exact location you're going to work out. So for example, you could say, I'm going to work out at 7 a.m. every Wednesdays, Thursdays, or Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays at the rec center gym. In addition, we should design our environment to be like conducive to this habit as possible. So for example, this is kind of like a weird example, but um, like the video said that you could put pictures of a healthy body you want all across the house <laughs> to remind you of the habit. Oh my God. Like, I was thinking about it. And I was like, okay, first of all, like what if like you have someone coming over and they just walk in and they see a picture of like abs, like, that was so <laughs> maybe instead you could like put gym equipment all over and so then to implement law two it, which is all about increasing your craving of this habit is maybe like i kind of mentioned this already but maybe listening to your favorite podcast or watching oh yeah and Anne mentioned this too yeah. but listening to your favorite podcast or watching a tv show that you like while working out and it releases dopamine while you're watching the TV show. So then you're connecting that dopamine dopamine to working out. Um, another thing you can do is find a group of friends to work out with, making it more enjoyable because like now you're like thinking, oh my God, I can't wait to see these people. And then um and then like you associate that with working out. I was just saying that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. And then to implement law three, you should not do too much too soon and instead kind of like spread it out. And so this is kind of like the two minute rule I was talking about, but use the two minute rule by just starting off with like two to five minutes of a workout, like maybe just putting on your workout clothes and stretching a little and maybe doing like, maybe like, I don't know, like jogging around a little. <laughs> but um, once you're like consistently doing this, It'll be easy to like ramp up your workout slowly and steadily so that eventually you you can reach that goal that you want and create this habit of working out consistently. Um, to increase friction, you can set rules like 
no checking your phone until this workout is complete. So you won't be distracted from the workout, like from text messages or emails you receive. Like maybe like take your phone and put it somewhere else while you're working out instead of like putting it right in front of you. And then um, in addition, you kind of need to like prime your environment again. So what you would do is you could place your shoes and dumbbells out the night before you go out to the gym. And this makes it feel like the habit has already begun and the workout is complete because you have zero excuses to like not go. Like you can't be like, oh my God, but I don't want to like get up and get my like shoes and everything because it's already there out for you. Finally, we have to implement law four, which is making sure our habits stick. So you can have a habit tracker by crossing off days off the calendar when you go to the gym. So maybe like on the calendar, write down the specific days that you want to go to the gym. And then every time you go, just cross it off. Or maybe you could also do like each on each day, put um, put like the workout that you want to do and then cross out, cross it off every time you do it. You could like wear a fitness watch which allows you to look at how many calories you lost motivating you even more because now you're like wow this is like you have a visual of like the outcome that you are you're receiving when you're doing the goal and like just to take this a step further you can like take a picture of your fitness summary and send it to a family or a friend so that they share that success with you and so now let's look at like how to lose a bad habit Maybe like the bad habit we're trying to eliminate is be less consumed by social media. Mm. So for this, to implement law one, what you would do is make your phone invisible. For example, leave it in the kitchen while you're working in your workroom. In addition, what you can do is make your phone as boring as possible. So So one way you could do this is by deleting a lot of your social media apps. So now like when you go on, you look for TikTok, but it's not there. But no, I literally do that. I did that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, no, I need to try doing this. It's really good. Yeah. And then another thing. Oh, my God. You know that little, like, screen time thing? You can do that, too. Mm. The thing is, but, whenever I put screen time on TikTok, I'm just so conditioned to entering in the password and just... Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> it's so easy. It's not like like it's yeah. not like you have to go to the app store and download it, but it's like just, like, give me more time. No, like, when I just delete TikTok, half the time I'm, like, too lazy to download it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. And it's, like, it's so good because, so, recently, I've been doing it for Lent, which is, like, I don't know if you know what Lent is. It's, like, a Christian thing where 40 days before Easter, you give up something to get closer to God. Oh, And yeah. so, my thing was kind of, like, I feel like I'm just too consumed on my phone and then I, like, complain that I don't have time to pray when I'm literally just being lazy. <laughs> yeah. So I deleted TikTok and it's so good. Like every time I just, I'm just like reaching for my phone like this, I'll open the thing and all I see is like the Holy Bible app and messages and I'm like, <laughs> we have nothing to do on here. And then I just, <laughs> you just put it back down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, instead of getting a reward, you're just getting disappointment every time. So now yeah. you're not going to check it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then to implement law three kind of similar to law one you can just place your phone in another room so that you're not distracted by all the social media notifications you get and finally to implement law four have like an accountability partner so this is like this is the only example i could kind of think of think of but um and i already used it but if it's like if they see you using social media during work just give them ten dollars okay great great idea <laughs> Um, but that's just like an example. Uh, those are like two examples of how you could implement this um, atomic habits. 
on good habits and bad habits. Wow. Thanks for sharing, Joshi. That was really good. I watched this like two years ago and honestly, I thought I would implement all of this that I was like listening to on YouTube. And I don't, I think even though I haven't like directly been like, okay, let me like model atomic habits. I feel like every good habit I've developed has been through some means of this. Like, uh, even if it wasn't like directly, like, I feel like as I was talking, I just realized, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I've done a lot of these, even yeah, if it yeah. wasn't supposed to be from this book. But I think, like, I definitely want to start looking at this more as a model instead of just picking out certain pieces if I actually want to develop sustainable goals. Because I feel like I'm kind of just, like, um, trial and error with a lot of goals, like, methods. But then, like, it's right here in front of me. Like, I can yeah. just use this as a model. So, yeah. And... Um- but also, I think that it's, like, I don't know. I feel like I was, like, researching about all of this. And just, like, put on paper, it's so much to, like, to like think about. Oh, yeah. So, it's, like, I don't know. I feel like it's super hard. Yeah. I feel like um a lot of the points we were talking about kind of link back to each other. Okay, so, yeah. I think um maybe, like, if there was a way to just kind of condense it down. Like, looking at it now, I feel like the big things were, like, make it repeatable um, that was brought up in almost every point and a way to do that is like doing the two minute thing where it's small mm-hmm. so you want to repeat it and stuff like that yeah and then making it attractive was through the dopamine link I think that was a big one there was a lot of things about environment yeah would consider it was kind of those were like the big ones that stuck out to me so yeah, yeah. I kind of keep those in mind yeah yeah okay so with that out of the way just make sure you follow our all of our social media so that you get notifications about when we are gonna post um but other than that we'll see you in the next episode ready okay. guys one two three medics off, off the, the mic, mic. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Josh V, and I know this episode is already really long, and we already said that we would end it, but I just wanted to really quickly talk about um, something that I think is really important. So one thing that me and Anne want to start doing is to highlight a nonprofit that works to prevent whatever disease we're talking about in this certain episode. And because our past two episodes have been a lot about mental health and psychology, we wanted to talk about an organization called Mental Health America, which is the nation's leading community-based organization that is devoted to addressing the needs of people living with mental illnesses. Um, and Its goal is to identify and treat mental illnesses before it can cause any individual harm. So they offer services like screening tools, programs, um, they advocate for mental health legislations to be passed, and they provide information about finding help for yourselves or your loved ones if anyone you know or even yourself are struggling with mental health illnesses. Um, So this is a really great organization, and I encourage you all to check it out and maybe if you can donate to it since it's such a great cause um and you can do this on their website which is mhanational.org and i'll also link this in our description so that you guys can easily access it but other than that bye guys and i'll see you in the next episode